Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. Can you believe it? This is episode 20, and today's topic's on the Federal Acquisition Regulation, otherwise known as the FAR. We'd greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate our podcast. Your feedback is important to us, and your suggestions help us improve. While developing your business strategy, it is important to get familiar with the rules and regulations associated with government contracting. That is why today's topic is about the Federal Acquisition Regulation, otherwise known as the FAR. From here out, in this podcast, I will refer to it as the FAR. The FAR is what contracting officers use to create the contracts that you, as a small business owner, will sign. It is also what contracting officers use to create the solicitations. Since the contract is a binding document, what better way prepare to expand into government contracting tend to learn about the FAR. Congress created the FAR on April 1st, 1984. Wanted to standardize policies and procedures across agencies. The FAR is the primary document. The agency may have their own acquisition regulations. They are generally referred to as supplements of the FAR. The FAR does not include internal agency guidance. That's important to remember. What is Congress's vision of the FAR? The vision of the FAR is to timely deliver the best value product or service to the customer while maintaining the public trust and fulfilling public policy objectives. Came out of 48 CFR 1.102. Now CFR stands for Code of Federal Regulations. The FAA, or Federal Aviation Administration, does not use the FAR. They are the only agency that I'm aware of that has an exception not to use it. If you elect to do business with the FAA, then you need to become familiar with the rules and regulations that they follow. FAR Oversight FAR is overseen by the Secretary of Defense, Administrator of General Services, and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Those agencies are responsible for that FAR system. How do new rules and changes to the FAR happen? Well, any proposed rules, government agency rules, and public notices are published daily, except, of course, on federal holidays, in the Federal Register. And I will have a link to the Federal Register in the today's podcast. You can also find a combined form in the Code of Federal Regulations. If there is a dispute between the FAR and the CFR, the CFR will override the FAR. I doubt as a contractor that this will impact you. However, I've had this impact myself in, when I was working for the government. The public will have opportunities to comment on these proposed changes to the FAR comment, please go to the Federal Register. Again, I will have a link in the show notes. The comment period is generally open between 30 days and 60 days. 
though 60 days is generally the standard length of time that the public has to comment. It is important for businesses to comment on these proposed changes. Your input can impact the final rule. I have seen it happen in the past, and I'm sure it will happen again in the future. When the government does these, asks for your input, they are going to take that into consideration before they make a final decision. That's why they're going out for public comment. If you are serious about contracting for the government, then you need to voice your concerns when the government announces these revisions or new rules. You need to make this part of your business strategy. FAR clauses and provisions are incorporated in federal solicitations and contracts in one of two ways. It's either in full text or more commonly in by reference. It does not matter how these clauses and provisions are entered into the solicitation and contracts. They have the same force and effect as those FAR terms included in full text. So if you see a term or if you see a, um, a provision and it's not spelled out, consider it spelled out. That's basically what they're saying there. Now, what is your responsibility as a small business? Any small business seeking to perform or are already performing work for the federal government will need to educate and familiarize themselves with the FAR. The best website for this is farsight.hill.af.mil. And again, I will have a link in today's show notes. It is also important that you understand the new rules and regulation the government is proposing. Any significant proposed rule must have a comment period. The government will also hold public forums where you can voice your concerns regarding these rules. It will be a great idea if you were notified when proposed changes of FAR were announced. Check out the FAR register to see if there's an option available for self, you know, for notifications in your email. Also, please consider adding this as part of your business strategy. There are parts of the FAR that every contractor must know. For example, there are 52 parts to the FAR. I'm not going to go into all 52, but I do have some parts of the FAR that you need to be aware of. Like, where do I find small business programs? Well, they're under part. Um, it's like, where do I find small business program information? Well, that's under FAR Part 19. FAR Part 8 covers required sources of supply and services. Why did I list that one? Well, because it tells you the order in which the government has to procure. Be aware of that. Part 19 of the FAR covers the acquisition of commercial items. So if you're a contractor that sells software, then you need to know that's going to affect you. 13 of the FAR covers simplified acquisition procedures. We're going to discuss that separately in another podcast eventually. Part 14 of the FAR covers sealed bidding. Part 15 covers contracting by negotiation. Part 22 covers application of labor laws to the government acquisitions, and so on. And there's 52 parts. I'm not going into every one. Now let's talk about the Christian document, because this is very important that you understand this, because it can have an impact on your contract. Contracting officers use the FAR to write contracts. We've discussed that already. If they forget to include a clause, you are still liable. 
This is what's known as the Christian doctrine. Taking this doctrine into consideration when making your business decision is important as it can have a negative impact on your business. Please consider adding this to your business strategy to ensure that you are fully aware of potential circumstances. Let's talk about the Christian doctrine. In both commercial and government contracting, written contracts usually reflect the entire scope of the contracting party's agreement. However, in government contracts, the written agreement does not always reflect the rights, obligations, and responsibilities of the contracting parties. Both the courts and the Board of Contract Appeals have used the Christian document to incorporate, quote, as a matter of law, end quote, mandatory procurement clauses into government contracts. Christian document has been used to insert clauses unintentionally left out of the contract as well as mandatory clauses that the parties in good faith believe they had negotiated out of the contract. When insertion of previously omitted mandatory clauses can fundamentally alter the contract and alter the bargain struck between the parties and potentially force a contractor to incur additional costs or obligations not anticipated at the time of contract execution. I obtained this information from govcon360.com. It talks about their Christian document PDF. I will include a link and include the PDF in today's show notes or as a special episode. Impact on businesses. In order not to be taken by surprise, businesses must be aware of the required regulations to ensure they are not disadvantaged by a mandatory clause that was not included in the original written contract. If the contract does not contain an authorized deviation for an omitted clause, or if a contracting officer mistakenly concluded that a clause did not apply, the contractor may be forced to incur costs or obligations that were not anticipated when they submitted their proposal. And again, I'll put the reference in today's show notes. This is why it is important to understand the risks associated with the Christian doctrine. Please consider adding this to your business strategy. My goal here is not to deter you from becoming a contractor for the government. My goal here is to educate you so that you can better make decisions for your business by understanding and having all the facts. It is imperative that you consider these topics when developing your business strategy for working with the government. Don't wait. Act now. As always, we would greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate our podcast really do appreciate your feedback. It's important to us and your suggestions help us improve. Next week, be safe.